0: to NUFC Matters, a happy NUFC Matters uh, with Mitch and Stu and myself Steve Rafe uh, Newcastle United winning 4-1 at Fulham yesterday, a comprehensive performance a great away win and uh, Newcastle sitting proudly in 7th place in the table uh, And as always an hour to go over uh, yesterday's events and whatever else you want to talk about and first of all Mitch, good performance mate
1: superb performance, I was just saying to me mate Jay who's an Arsenal fan this morning um, that against often certainly under Bruce and probably under some managers before him the minute we were faced with a team down to 10 men we seemed to have this ability to drop to their level we didn't seem to have this ability to make the extra man count but by God didn't we do just that yesterday you know the minute they were down to 10 men we put them to the sword and it was never in doubt from the first goal on on it was only ever going to be three points for us um, and you could see it sucked the life out of Fulham sucked the life out of Mitrovic once, once we were 2-0 down and he was starting to feel his, his his calf a little bit that was it his tank was put in reverse and he was off he couldn't get away quick enough and I think uh, that's down to the way we dominated the game um, and that's without still missing a couple of players and that's what you making changes to the lineup because of injuries through the week, week. that I hadn't been told about. So I think, uh, all in all, you've got to be superbly satisfied with that performance.
0: Yes, yeah, Stu, great, great win for Newcastle and um, puts the Boo Boys uh, probably back in the box for the time being. I mean, the run we're on at the, mo- at the
2: moment is phenomenal. Absolutely. To the majority of fans, I don't think there was a point to prove, but if there was, they went and proved that yesterday in the bucket loads, didn't they? Uh, So the naysayers can go back in their box now. Uh, They they were commanding, they they were dominating and I I did something yesterday that I don't usually do. I went out to watch the game. I normally watch it at home, but with work, I've got a Tottenham fan who is actually from London and uh, there's an Arsenal fan from Jordan, but very, very up to date with the first Arsenal. He's a big Arsenal fan and he does fly over for a few games a season, so I went to watch the Arsenal Tottenham game with them first, uh, and it was quite funny watching their two and fro banter. And then they were saying, aren't you worried? Aren't you apprehensive about Newcastle?" I says, "No, but we not it." And quite rightly, I was telling them we'll win three one. But uh, even from the kickoff, we were all over them. You know, the the movement was there, the confidence was there, the belief was there. Uh, and as soon as that tackle went in, there was a setting off in the Tottenham-Arsenal game, Arsenal-Tottenham game, yeah, just before that. And the both, both of them independently said that was worse than the one that got a straight red. Why does this even need to go to VAR? So it was bringing up the discussion, you know, it's like, uh, it's a conspiracy against us. And, and then as the first half progressed and the goals went in and uh, the movement continued, uh, I said to the Tottenham fan... You just watched Bruno. I know I mentioned it last week, but it's how he's weight off his pass, as you have seen for the goal for Almira on the first goal. But the the way he's comfortable taking the ball and, and and the way he can release it, and it's always at the right pace for the receiver to to accept it. He was like, Wow, this guy's great. He would do well for top masses, he do well for any team in the league, but you're not getting him. And the Arsenal part is like, I can't believe we've let him we let him go. And You never had him. He was only ever coming to us. So it was great with these two supposed top six, big six, corrupt six, whatever uh, set of supporters. There was like there was an acknowledgement that we're up there with them, and we've got players that they would they cover uh, for want of a better word, um, they, and it, ge- it gives a lot of pride supporting Newcastle again. Uh, and I know uh, when I was living in Dubai for a long time, watching the matches with Mitch, it, we would watch it more of a sense of duty than anything else. But now it's it's the whole weekend, isn't it? You, you've got the build-up to the anyhow press conference, which everyone looks forward to, and then the, the match itself. And in days like today, talk about it, it sets up a nice weekend for everyone. And when people get back to work on Monday, they go with a smile on their face, and that's the difference this team makes. And anyhow, in and the delivering in huge amounts for us. Team selection, Mitch, was something which
0: we probably all collectively groaned at when we saw Murphy's name on the team sheet. But by God, Eddie Howe got that right. Uh, And I think it it comes back to what I was saying about Eddie's press conferences. Um, We all listened to them. Stu's just reiterated it there. And listening to what he said on Friday, um, the one line that I picked up and highlighted on the Amigos was that he said, to Lee Ryder's question about how do people like Manquillo and Dummett, who, you know, can't get a game, how do they, you know, put themselves in the shop window? How do they get the opportunity? And he said, Well they get an opportunity every day in training. And Murphy yeah. clearly did that this week because the performance that he put in yesterday um was, was top class. And um alongside Almiron, probably who shaded him for man of the match, in my opinion, um, you know, he, he he kept that midfield engine going and um put Fulham on the back foot from the start. And despite what Silva says, um, you know, he said it would have been a different result, different game. Newcastle had the upper hand before the red card.
1: Absolutely, and Stu made that point before uh, himself as well. You know, before the red card, we were already outpassing out them and outworking them. You could see that. Um, and I think if, if that's the ethic that Hal's got, that everybody knows if there's a space available, if you do well in training, you'll get your reward. And they'll look at. Um, Murphy and Murphy turning in that performance also bear in mind he, once we started making the substitutions on half and, on, with half an hour at a goal he was being moved around the pitch and he, he wasn't staying just as a winger you know. and, and so again the, that shows how thinking through right well what we're going to do if none of the strikers are fit what are we going to do if we can do this or do that um, so again it's that methodical thought through approach to every situation it's obviously being looked at on the training ground and the people who were impressing on the training ground um, are getting the getting the gig. Also, add to that, we had two goals which were close for offside, <laughs> disallowed as well. You know, um, Mickey was very unlucky you not know, to get a hat trick, and and Fraser's goal uh, offside apart was again well worked move. And so, and this is all coming from players who were not necessarily wins for the first team, but. Are being encouraged to fight for their place, and once they've got their place, they don't want to give it up. Um, and that can only benefit us as a squad, as a team, going forward for the rest of the season when you've got competition like that. And it sounds like it's fair competition. It sounds like Eddie Howe's prepared to give everybody the fair crack of the whip if they do well in training and they show them what they've got.
0: Tom, I'll answer that question. It was great. We're one for <laughs> one. <laughs> Stu, sure, yeah, you know, we, we were all looking at that and going, Murphy, oh god. I mean, we did match day live, and a big thank you to everybody who tuned in. Over 3,000 people now have watched Brilliant. match day live. It shows Brilliant. you know that people do enjoy. The coverage and a big thank you to everybody who came on especially your dad um, because he didn't watch the game uh, he didn't have the capability of watching the game yet he's he's banter and crack during that uh, three hours that he had to do yesterday were absolutely superb so big thank you especially to George but yeah the, the team selection was an interesting one Stu and um, didn't let we down
2: No it's again the formation you could see what he was wanting to do uh, and, and um, it wasn't just myself. There was a lot of raised eyebrows with the selection of Murphy, but there must have been a reason for it. Uh, I don't think Fraser's fully fit. Uh, he would have been the one that would naturally take that position, I would presume, if when the ASM's out. But it's... They would have been working on it. You know, Anyhow, doesn't give them five, six days off like their, his predecessor did in international breaks. You know, he, he's got them in, drilling them. Uh, and as you said, the question that Lee Ryder asked is who impresses me most in training? And... Obviously, Murphy did that. And he went somewhere to repair that like yesterday with a performance. So he wasn't, to me, in my opinion, he wasn't the best player on the, on the, on the side, but he played his role magnificently. Uh, and as Mitch referred to there, he, he was more than capable in, in more than one position. And I don't think enough's been said about uh, the sheer domination from Botman. I thought he was immense. He was a rock. He looked comfortable on the ball. He, he's everything that we hope to be. Uh, hoping to become, it looks like he's already there. And he made a statement, it was like, You dropped me last week, Dad. you don't know, drop me again. Uh, and that put it down. But also, Miggy's goal, if that had been Salah, they'd be doing documentaries about it already. It was a fantastic finish. It was quite reminiscent. The Tottenham fans said it was that was like Van Basten's goal in the Euros in the 88. Uh, so, well, maybe it wasn't as good as that, but it was a, it was a fantastic finish the, the way he took it. And he got his confidence as well. You know, so there, there, there can't be anything uh, negative to say about that, even when they, we conceded a goal. I mean, it, that's because he, he gave players who have obviously impressed in training the chance of a chance to run out. And had he kept the same team, we would have won five, six, seven mil uh, if he kept the same 11. But it's important to have these squad players getting minutes because you never know when they are needed. And if it wasn't. Uh, if he didn't make the changes, imagine there'd be people out crying. You know, why did, there was a great opportunity to give uh Elliot Anderson a longer run out? There would have been why didn't he get Lewis on or the could have he did what was done, and that was their first shot on target in the whole game in the 80th minute. Because we were actually laughing every time they got in the Fulham half, it was like, Are they gonna score? Are they gonna have a shot? And they had one shot off target and one shot on target the whole game. And if you're doing that away from home in the Premier League. You've got something special about yourselves. And we have, you know, we're back on on the march now. And if, I know if's a very big word, but if we added the two points from the Palace and some of the other decisions, we would have been a lot higher in the league. So a, a win next week, and we'll then take on the next few games. The night United's evidence in Tottenham was a huge amount of confidence. And you know what? They'll be more worried about us because we show got no fear when we play a teams now. Yep, similar goal
0: to where uh, Shearer against Aston Villa, uh, past yeah. St. James's Park as well. That volley from uh, from Almiron. And like I said again, um, you know, on Friday, Almiron is one of those players who, when you know, he doesn't have time to think about it, comes up with the goods. If he has too too much time to think about it, he tends to cock it up. And um, I will go back to me pre-season premonition of Perez. Um, uh, comparison with Almirón, I, I still think you know we'll see the best of Almirón. He had a great preseason, um, and he's certainly starting to uh, you know to start, start to score goals. It's, we've all been critical of him um, on this show at times. And um, look, if he can pick up the mantle now and, and start running with it, then and start putting assists and goals to to the work rate that he's got, then he's going to be some player. Uh, a lot of people in the chat talking about the youngster uh, from Australia. Uh, cool. um, Mitch, who chose to stand in the away end yesterday, that was the yep. photograph that was doing the rounds on social media. Uh, seemed to have a, 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 a very good time as well.
1: Stuff you like to see, isn't it? And, and you've got a young lad keen to get involved with the club, keen to get involved with the team, obviously excited at the opportunity that's being presented his way. Um, and he doesn't mind getting his hands dirty. That's fantastic. You aren't down to earth people like that if you keep his. If you add talent and desire to level-headedness, you, th- you, you start to look at it and think, hey, this kid could, he's already make himself at home. And he can go on and be whatever he wants to be and whatever the club will help develop him to. Um, and what a great way to start your career. Announced like a big proper signing and then in the away end with the fans in a wee game in London, turning over Fulham. You, it, it starts to write another movie, goal, goal three, goal four, goal five, whatever. You know, it, it, it really is almost like a script, but fantastic to see it, fantastic to see everybody looking after him. Some lovely comments from Serena Taylor, the club photographer, about him and about how she loves hearing a accent that was local to her as she grew up and bursting with pride. It really is a fantastic story already.
0: Yeah, it is a, a fantastic story and great to see in, in Newcastle again. As we mentioned uh, earlier on uh, this weekend, that the, the, they're attracting youngsters to yeah. the uh, to the club. Massively important that uh, John asks you. Good morning. He says, uh, "Good morning, everyone, lads." Uh, was the sending off the get out of jail card ready? It was a tremendous result. But the team selection was a bit of a shock for some. I, I mean, it was a, it was a clear red card for me, Stu. What about you?
2: Yeah. That- Said it in the opening bit. It was it was a red card. It was more of a red card than the one in the, the pre uh, the Arsenal Tottenham game beforehand. But uh, regarding that youngin in the in the crowd, you know, whoever's decision it was to put, I'm sure he had a security guard with him as well, some security with him. But whoever um, idea it was, what a great idea! You know, they they should do that with more of the youngins so they get to understand what the club's about, what it means to the fans, etc. Uh, and one of the tweets that to me it would have been a should-win tweet the week, hands down it was, uh, I can't remember who it was, so apologies for not giving you the credit, but the, the tweets read something like, uh, the biggest shock of yesterday was finding out that he had 80 loyalty points and above <laughs> to get a ticket for was fantastic. But how's he managed to get in there after I just fly from Australia? So it was something we touched on last week when we were talking about how do you... How do you uh, pass the tickets out and stuff like that but that one tickled me Fantastic yeah really really good
0: but uh, yeah I mean look it was a definite penalty I think um, from our perspective Newcastle would have gone on to win that game regardless Uh, interesting uh, comments in the chat as well John says um, for some Eddie might have the edge on Sir Bobby he certainly has the potential that's an interesting debate that comes after Tom had said Eddie Howe's the best manager we've had since Sir Bobby Um, Mm. is it too early to draw that kind of comparison Mitch?
1: It is, but he has already done something very special last season. You know, don't underestimate that. That that uh, turnaround last season was unprecedented in the Premier League. It'll be a long time before you see something similar done. And he genuinely hasn't had the praise he probably deserves for it. Because the lazy argument is, oh, he well, got some money from somebody. You know, But actually, he had to turn it all around and get the bloody results as well. You know, so I think he, he's not got that. I think he explained his thinking behind the team selection a bit further after the game uh, in that uh, Joel Linton apparently hasn't really trained during the international break and that target's still carrying an injury, the injury that dogged him at the start of the season. So took an opportunity to give those two a bit of a rest. Um, and uh, so, you know... It, if he's not frightened to put people into, into positions, um, he seems to like to get Dan Byrne on his side and work away. Dan Byrne hasn't ever let, let were down at left-back. People forget he played most of his games um, at left-back for Brighton, although he certainly played as many at left-back as he did at centre-back. So um, it's not an alien position to him. And I think in a game like yesterday... Had, for example, it had been a bit more of a more of a battle and Mitrovic was sticking himself around, to have Cher, Botman and Burn in the back line against somebody with that kind of aerial potential is really, really... really um, so, uh, it, again, it's, it's it's heartening forward. Um, I, I would also like to see a bit more of what we did with the set pieces yesterday, where set pieces look better. I think we'll look more of a threat with that aerial height on our side. Um And uh, yeah, so I mean, I think again, he's come out and explained his reasoning behind the team selection. Um And he's still turning results. And like we said last week, we're in a fantastic position in that where last year we were talking about how we would do we turn these losses into draws. We're talking about how we would turn these draws into wins. And it's a very, very different conversation.
0: I mean, Stu, the ultimate is to win a trophy. That's how you become a great manager um, at Newcastle United Football Club because there's not many people who have done it. and Nobody done it in recent years, of course. But, um, yeah, you know, is it is it too early to draw the comparison between Eddie and, say, somebody as good as um, Bobby Robson or KK? Yeah, it's, it's too early to draw
2: the comparison. How's in the infancy of his Newcastle career and of management? You know, it's... But you can see why, and you can't see you can't give someone a bigger boost of praise than that. And comparing up to the likes of Sir Bobby Robson, but he's got an opportunity in front of him. And this is we mentioned it earlier in the week about when he took the England job. He's he's he said it himself. He's got a job he had to do, and therefore the he's put in to finish uh, to, to get to this stage. There's no way he's going to walk away and, and leave it at that. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of comparisons that we use between this season, and last season. And we are a different beast now. We are a different animal, uh, as Rich says. We're now going to uh, look for wins instead of how can we get these losses in the draws. And the, the whole psyche, the mindset's different. We've always screamed out we want a team that tries. We've got a squad that tries now, and and that was shown yesterday. You know, it's it's not a finished article, the squad, but everyone buys it, uh, the ethic that's or the mantra that's required. Uh, again, that's credit to how well his coach and staff, but just. To compare to this season, the last season is, which I've just said we shouldn't do, it took us to the game that we in which went over for at Christmas when we played Man United at home. And that was on the 27th of December. That was the date we got 11 points last season. And then on the 1st of October, we are already there. So That shows how much advancement we've made. Uh, so if, you, if we could finish the second half of the season like we did last season, we've got like basically the whole of October, I know there's the World Cup, but we've got the whole of this month and some of November. They're all, they're all bonus points if you look at where we finished last season. So if that doesn't give people a feel-good factor, uh, then nothing will. You know, we're right up there in the mix. We're, we're feared, uh, and rightly so. We're playing with the confidence of Panache. And the game did change when uh, Bruno got taken off. So the second half finished 1-1. You know, He went off just before the hour. And by that time, we're falling up, we're cruising. And it was the right decision. The, the lad's not fit. Uh, it's not fully fit he's, he's had his minutes give someone else a run out bring him in back in gently uh, and how how can anyone not be happy with what we've seen yesterday it was I can't remember the last day we dominated a game like that away from home so like with so much belief in, in the, the, how commanding it was it's, it's been such a long time and it, it, to me it's not even Bobby Robson it goes back to the Keegan days since we've done that to a team away from home in the top league some great
0: comments coming in in the chat. Keep them coming. Uh, David says the fact Murphy didn't look out of place is vastly encouraging. Sign when your weak links improve, you know your club are in exceptionally capable hands. First cup will be the downbreaker league cup, like I said on the live uh, live match day live yesterday. Uh, for, for me, we dominated the midfield. Long staff was great, pleased for the lads. Yeah, it was a good midfield performance. And if you win your midfield battles um, with a back four like ours, then um, you know it's just down to immense you know, you know those kind of performances from from those people up front. Ray, morning. Thanks for the donation, by the way, mate. Uh, stick that in the pot for the the lads coming over at Christmas. Ray says, uh, morning, cult members. Can we talk about Trippier? What a player! What an influence! And what a professional. From minute one, he was on it yesterday, and cheered class throughout. Yeah, I mean, it's why I haven't asked you for the man of the match, lads, because it was a great team performance. Um, you could pick out. Botman, you could pick out Almiron, you could pick out Murphy, you could pick out Trippier as uh, Ray has, he was good again yesterday Mitch, I I think I I lost count of the number of times uh, on the commentary that I gave yesterday Um, how many times I mentioned Trippier he was at the heart and soul of everything and it was again Willick somebody who gets forgotten Um, I've said this time and time again on here as well he does the dirty work He, he goes and does the stuff which He's not the one putting the sublime ball through for Almiron to get the goal. He's the one chasing back, harrying back, making making it hard for Fulham when they're under possession and he's winning the ball. have played his part as well yesterday. But yeah, look, Ray's yep. asking about Trippier. Um, we're all in the Trippier fan club, Mitch, aren't
1: we? <laughs> the lad's been quality since the day he walked through the door. And we use the word professional th- about footballers you know, quite easily. But if you want a genuine professional footballer, Here in Trippier probably is is your current example. Um, The lad is um, an exceptional individual. You can see it everywhere he's been, he's learned and grew. And you can see what he's brought back to the Premier League from La Liga, working with somebody like Simeone. That little bit of shithousery that he's got in him. That people... um, was saying he maybe didn't have before he went to Spain, and, he, and that's the sign of a real professional. If you can still keep growing as a as a as a professional, add to skill set, bring more to the table. I um, gather as a voice in the dressing room, he's second to none. Uh, that, he, he's a leader in every again in every way you can use the word. Um, and yesterday, in terms of on the pitch minute they went down to 10 men, he was almost playing as a right winger <laughs> um, And that freed Elmer on up to do a bit more work. And uh, the results sh- showed. Um, but I also got that sort of in, in the dressing room, his chats with St Maximum are going in and being heard. Um, he's already got hold of Isaac a couple of times and brought him and how um, he feels people should behave in the dressing room in the castle, ain't it? And again, long may that continue. You need a strong voice in that in that mix, um, but also he's not going around chucking himself around saying, "Hey, I'm the big man in town here." Um, he respects Lascelles as club captain, and that offers support to Lascelles as club captain, and that that again takes a lot of uh, leadership qualities to know how to make all of that work. And, and as a leadership group now. We're well, probably as strong off the pitch as we've been for a long, long time.
0: Yeah, it, would you agree? Trippier has been the the biggest signing for me, uh, Stu. I, I think he has been the, the the one who has made the difference. And just what Mitch is saying there about you know the you know the the hand round people's shoulders, the quotes from people like Botman about when you know when he's come to the club, Trippier straight on the phone. It's little things like that, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's no mistake. He was the first one through the door. Um, anyhow like has uh, previous with him and he's clearly identified him even before he got the job as the sort of person that you would want in his uh, dressing room. And if you see him even on the when he's on the pitch, the amount of talking he's doing with Miggy especially to give him confidence, give him positional awareness. Uh, and we know from behind the scenes he, he, he is he's a natural born leader, but his feet are firmly on the ground with it. And he, he's one of these that buys into what we're trying to achieve, what the project is, and wants to be part of it. And he is part of it. We've seen it last season when he was injured and he was on the crutch, on his crutches, travelling to the games. And then even when he was getting back into fitness, he was running down the legs, like giving like this a <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So uh, yeah, he's, he's the sort of player that every club would dream of having. Uh, and there's different levels of leaders. He's and he's at the very top but he's also bringing people on. The, you can see now the, the players are fighting for each other. They're, they're more vocal. They're encouraging each other. And even yesterday, there was a cross field pass in the first half. And it was it was aimed at Trippi. And it, by any stretch of the imagination, it was a great pass. I'm sure it was Bruno that uh, spread it across. And he should have controlled it, but the sun was in his eyes. Uh, and he lost sight of the ball. And the ball just went out. Now you can imagine some prima donnas that would have been remonstrating and blaming the past. He apologized to Bruno and, and applauded the effort for the past. You know, and that's that's what keeps the team spiritual, you know. There's there's no uh, ego with it. It's like we're all in this together and you made a good past. You know, he's very good as a leader, but you can't change the direction of the sun. You know, it rotates the same every day. So with with the uh, like Bruno and. Uh, He's now becoming more vocal. Uh Joe Linton, Joe, sorry, Joe Elton gave a, a fantastic interview during the week. You know, everyone is, ah, I didn't correct myself, everyone is. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it is Joe Elton, isn't it? But everyone is. There it was some it's,
0: debate on the live chat yesterday. I actually went round the panel and everyone said Joe Linton is the name. But, you know, my God, you keep saying Joe Linton, mate.
2: Well, that's how the Portuguese pronounce it If you listen how Bruno speaks about him he's, He calls him Geraldton So I'll take their word for this so, <laughs> Bad that's news for Club
0: Lang uh, As always, he likes to chip in on it uh, on, on, on the professional show He's woke up laughing He said he must have slept funny
2: no, dear. Well, this, I've got a... this phone's still knacking as well The battery's about to go So we got going to have to swap phones
0: Alright, okay, mate I'll take you out uh, It's um, And it's blocked dear morning for me God, I get this every I seem to get this every winter I've got no idea why um, And I go through the same routine Putting water in it Which I shouldn't Putting cotton buds in it Which I shouldn't Sticking olive oil in it Which I shouldn't Because the chem- yeah. it always happens on a Sunday The chemist's shut And I can't go and get the bloody Drops the uprex or whatever it's called, or I, I couldn't even tell you what it is. To put that would be your
1: eyes, Steve. That's why it doesn't work on your ear That's it,
0: I whatever it is, O-tex <laughs> or something. Is it what's it called? I've got no I idea. Don't
1: know,
0: anybody got any Anybody got any suggestions? Stick them in the chat. Help us out. Give us some world waves tales. Uh, John says, Will there be a clause in Eddie's contract regarding England? Um, I would say no,
1: yeah, I would say no as well.
0: And that's a guess. I don't uh, know. I've not seen Eddie House contract. Um,
1: uh, no, and. And I think if it was a contract, that would have been... um, We've got to remember, it's a pre-Ashwath contract as well, so we genuinely don't know what kind of stuff's in there. I know Ashwath doesn't like clauses in the contract at all, um, as a rule. And so I can't see there being one. To be honest with you, I mean, we're talking about it. um, Again, given what he's done, given his age and his nationality, if there's an England manager discussion to be had after the World Cup, um, it would be remarkable if he wasn't in the conversation somewhere by the people at the FA. And we can look at it one or two ways. We can go a glass half empty, like where default setting is, <laughs> and, and moan and groan about it. Or we can look at the positive side of things that were being talked about in a, in a positive way as a club, at uh, national level, um, we could be excited about what opportunities lie for the manager who would come in and pick up on Eddie Howe's good work. Um, and, and I think we, there's n- we can't get upset repeatedly about things we'll have no control over. We just don't have control over that. And for me, it's there. I think we've got to recognise it's a possibility, um, but don't let it distract you, because I don't think it Obviously, from yesterday, it's not a distraction for Eddie Howe. <laughs> um, he's quite keen to have us champing at the bit and beating teams in the Premier League. Thank like, you very much. And building on the good work he's already doing. And he's, his answer to the question through the week was really, really good. It was as good an answer as you could probably give, I think. So, yeah, you know, we can't get upset about stuff we don't control like that, though.
0: Just talking about Eddie Howe having a potential clause in his contract too. I, I've said no. Uh, Mitchell said no. Uh, you know, if England came calling, he answered the question on Friday at the press conference. He's not interested in England at the moment. No, definitely not.
2: He was quite clear with that as well, but polite with it. You know, he he's basically gave the message: "Never say never," didn't he? So it was. Yeah. Not that you'll never, you'll never take it. You can't predict the future. You should never rule yourself out of any job. But he was. To me, you made it very clear, this is where he is, this is where he wants to be, and this is where he sees himself for the foreseeable future. So that that was a really hot moment to hear it. It was, yeah. Anyone, uh,
0: thanks for the suggestions of uh, how to get wax out of your ear. Put some vodka in your ear, Steve. It might work. Thanks, Chippers. Uh, Clearly still on it. Uh, Go to Asda Pharmacy, Uh, says Stu. Thanks, mate. Jodie Tupalife says, warm water in your ear. It might not help you here, but, uh, but it keeps your lungs warm great uh otex is for earwax and it definitely works as john yeah it does i'll have to get some of that uh norman uses mild solution bicarbonate soda and warm water um optimize ear spray from your docks and keep your ears dry says ian thanks uh, roger with a, a good old-fashioned sunday morning solution a magic sponge should work uh and chris uh, water, yes, I, magic sponge chris i did get it wrong <laughs> Um, If Steve is putting OcTrex in his ears It's Otex in his eyes No wonder he's got problems Yes I did get the name wrong And I've done that as well So yeah Uh, Roger Getting back to football Says do you think we'll see a Saudi player For the first team or academy at some point Now this is something we We talked about a while back Um, I, I would say yes At some point When there's somebody good enough Who can come through Mitch
1: If they're good enough And they can come into the system Yes Options are there I know it, it's not that long ago we we're, were being very strongly linked. Um, and I think he had a trail uh, with a player from the UAE called Omar Abdurrahman who was the the, the the hot talent in, in UAE football. Um, and the the, the the concern with him was physicality. He had the talent. Would he have the physicality to, to cope with the top flight? Um, uh, in, in England and nobody will ever find out because when he was close to getting a, a big move somewhere he did his knee and he never was quite the same player again when he come back um, but I think if the talent's there and the talent's right it's a country with 35 million people under the age of 30 there's got to be some talent amongst there somewhere person to come out and if it does come out it better come through our academy given my links to the links to the country and pif now if we can kind of pick them up then we're, we're doing something wrong um so yes and what a philip for pif that would be to have a, a saudi national even even if they were on the fringes or even if they were signed like that uh, the lad from australia and he is an 18 year old can you imagine the pomp and ceremony and the stuff that would go on celebrating that in saudi it would be it would be big news; it really would. So it's something that I think I have no doubt would be encouraged, um, but it's not going to happen overnight, I don't think.
0: Yes, yeah, Stu, um, we mentioned this um, just after the takeover. You know that they would probably look at bringing somebody in, and we're, we're we're busy concentrating on bringing in youngsters from other parts of the world at the minute. But yeah, if there's a if there's a good young Saudi player out there who is going to fit the um, you know you know fit in at Newcastle and is going to be able to be brought on and, and, and progress at Newcastle and I'm sure Newcastle
2: will be in for him first you uh, both hit the nail on the head for me if they're good enough I don't think they'll do it as any PR exercise because uh, no. that could have an adverse effect the, any young player with potential with the talent they, they could do it but I, I, I can see us getting a, a training academy in 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 Saudi in the near future similar to what Man City have in, in Abu Dhabi where that would encourage the best players in the region to go there. And obviously with the PIF links, I think if there's someone who is exceptional and could actually make it, then I think Newcastle will be the only destination for them. And then that brings up the pomp and ceremony that Mitch talked about there. there it brings up even more support for us. You know, it's, it's one of our own. And I'm not a fan of WW, is it F or E, one, one of the, the rest of it anyway. But... Uh, I, uh, my wife watches it occasionally, and there was a there was a Saudi wrestler got in, got involved in that because they had an event in Saudi, you know, and that generated a lot of new fans as well. But I don't think we as a Premier League club need to go down that go down that route and and, and block the pathway for someone else. Just having someone for for the sake of having someone, and it wouldn't be fair to him either. So. I think over the not just Saudi Arabia, I think the, the whole GCC, I'm sure, we will have a network in this area, uh, a coaching network in this area, that will be picking up their best talents. putting well, them in and kind of being seen as a stepping stone.
1: I know how it works here in the UAE, because I mean, Josh has been through this a little bit when he was over, and, yeah. and there's a couple of lads that Josh played at uh, the academy level with here, who, one's at Derby, and I think another one's at Leicester. Um, and it's starting to filter through, but that's the expat population. Yeah. The guys who are children of expat families out here who are going through different football schools and academies. And there's a lot of people w- well known in the football world to have academies out here. Freddie Canute has got one. Um, oh man, the Spanish right back who used to be at Real Madrid. He's got got an academy here. Um, and Elga's over here. Um, and. and so the, the, there's ways, but it, it's mainly aimed at the expat community here. So I don't know what the academy setup is in Saudi, Um whether it's similar for the locals in terms of where they've got uh, sporting clubs attached to the football club, like they do here in the UAE. So sort of the, the basketball, volleyball, etc., etc., is all under the, the umbrella of the club, um, as well as the football. Um, so I think it's something that obviously we, we could help almost shape development of football in Saudi if we have an, a, an ability to have ratified um, academies and coaches in place in the big population centres, Salgado, that's the name um, and, and, and then we can help shape the development of Saudi football almost, it's—it's it's, it's, this is this one of the things that people hasn't always latched onto um, about this We've got a two-way relationship. We have an opportunity as a fan base to interact with people at high level in Saudi Arabia, Um, as a club to interact with um, a young population who are driving towards the Vision Project 2030. And part of that is getting getting the country active again, because in the region... We're looking at the local populations. The healthcare situation is quite significant. High levels of diabetes, high levels of obesity. They want to get a young population active as well. And playing sport, it's it's sort of the junior level is the key way to start putting that in place. And so we have a really unique opportunity to be part of the conversation shaping Saudi football going forward towards 2030. Um, And that's, you know... People don't necessarily see that when everybody's chucking the word sports washing around. That's that stuff that gets lost in the conversation, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, okay. A few questions coming in. We'll try to get through them. Buller Boy, this is the last one on me yeah. He says, Put a peanut in your ear, then pour some chocolate on it, and it'll come out a treat. That's Bulla Boy. Very, very good. <laughs> Um, Question for the panel This is one we dealt with yesterday Uh, Spenny was quite vociferous about this one He says uh, Would you play that defence every week with target on the bench Mitch
1: I think Personally um, This part of me Would try and find a way to shoehorn Dan Burn And and he's starting 11 Um, And that's just a personal preference thing I like the cut of his jib I like having him in the in the squad and around, um, I like he's uh, he's aggressive but not overly so, um, and I don't think he, he make, puts too many mistakes. So, um, yes, I could see that happening, but from a point of view of how I think how's going to go horses for courses, and some weeks it'll be target and some weeks it'll be burned, depending on what he's trying to cover. Like, like I said before yesterday, one of the big things with, with that was, um, uh, Uh, having Mitrovic if he'd been favouring on all cylinders having that extra height in the back four that Dan Byrne brings playing at left back was a benefit but he'd not do that every week
0: Now, horses for courses which is what I said yesterday and it's what Kenny says now it's who it's it's who is performing well but it's also who can counteract the opposition that you're playing you know what I mean and you know when when we come up against people with a lot of pace, then you're going to have to go with maybe his target and trivia. And uh, yeah, it is horses for courses, you I think anyway.
2: Yeah, it's the phrase I was actually going to use as well. Uh, the horses for courses one. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe Eddie How uses, uh, he uses defence in the best way he sees fits to nullify the opposition attacking threat. And with Mitrovic, who was supposedly on fire, um, he scores a lot of his goals, peeling off the centre-half and attacking at the back post. And Dan Byrne would nullify that, wouldn't it? It would have blocked that. So you can see why he put Dan Byrne in. It may be that target had an injury. Uh, we'll, we'll find out next week when we play Brentford, who offer a different attacking threat. You know, They're, they're not like Giants. Either. They've got Tony, so we've, we've, we know we've got more than enough to, to, to occupy him. And it's then just looking at because they're quick on their feet. And someone like Dan Byrne... Can get turned quickly where target may be a better option. But it's a nice problem to have, isn't it? Talking about having all these quality players and how, how we move them around. But they're all going to get games that they're, they're all going to understand why they're not playing. And it's great that they don't like not playing. Even when Wilson got taken off yesterday, he was probably upset, wasn't he? I don't know if you managed to see it on the, on the, on the stream, but he was really angry. And uh, uh, Eddie Howe was more apologetic to him to the point you then had to say, I'm the manager, I'll decide. And he's, he's looking after him, but it's great when you've got a goal scorer like that. He, he knew there was goals there for the take, wasn't it? And he wanted to stay on. But answering Spanish question, no, uh, I don't think that will be the uh, back four consistently. I don't think it's the preferred back four. I think it was the one that house seemed fit to to uh, actually make sure Fulham weren't going to be a threat. And as we said, they didn't have the first shot on target till the 80th minute. So kudos to that. Yeah, Paul
0: Gallant, uh, again, keeping on the squad uh, theme, uh, says uh, on other channels people were talking about Isaac and Callum playing together, it could be a good partnership what's your views, Mitch?
1: I've heard it suggested when everybody's fit, that one option would be to have St Maximum down one side and Isaac down the other in that formation that Howe uses um, it's got to be on his mind I would think um, uh, but it does seem very Struck on keeping the formation that we use, and just playing the players accordingly with the formation, um, and and Isaac does bring something different to the table. To Wilson, he's a different type of striker, and so could he be used in a wide role? Um, I guess he's got to displace Miggy first, I suppose. <laughs> um, but isn't that the joy of the competition? You know, you know Wilson come back, and you th- you look at Wilson's goal record. Is it what 20 odd goals in fifty games? Is his record? Mm-hmm. It's just the fact he's got he's got muscles muscles of marshmallow and ligaments of licorice. <laughs> and we kinda of seem to keep him together enough. You know, if he played more with that kind of strike rate, you just think what people will be talking about at a national level. Go back to talking about the England conversation. Um that kind of goal scoring record is exceptional. Um and if, and if he isn't on the plane in the World Cup, um, it'll be criminal, really, if he takes other strikers if he wants goals at that level. Um, you know, and I think, again, you look at Wilson playing back with a smile on his face, lovely comment to Willock for the assist on the goal, because I think that probably was going in anyway, and he made sure, he did what every good striker does, he made sure that it went in, and I'm quite sure Willock would have been a bit paid off about that yesterday, but you know what, if he's then taken to the social media and say hey, bro, thanks for the assist, you know, Um Given the credit where it's due, um, again, shows what's going on in the dressing room and shows that togetherness that we've got. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm quite sure Isaac and Wilson could play in the same team and I think it will be on our house mind for certain games. And what a dual threat that would be.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, it would be, wouldn't it, Stu? We're, we're, you know, we're in this you know position eventually where we get all three fit and, and able to play. It would be great. Yeah, we mentioned
2: that's why any hell gets the big bucks. It's, what does he do? We we've, we've talked about, or so there was a, a debate earlier in the week on Twitter regarding best partnerships. You know, and we, I think it's quite clear, beers and call or miles ahead of anyone that we've seen in our lifetimes as a partnership for Newcastle. But does Wilson and Isaac have the potential to be as good? Probably not, but could there be a potent threat? Yeah, there could be, but then that changes the formation. You know, if you play a 4-4-2, you can't play a 4-4-2 with an ASM on one wing because it becomes lopsided. We know he doesn't uh, track back. So the formation we've got at the moment, the 4-3-3 suits him. And will he change the whole formation to play two players together? The, as we know, Callum Wilson will pick up injuries, uh, but he is more of a number nine than what Isaac is. He, he's the one that will play off the shoulder, of the defender, turn them and get past them or create the channels. Running, running the channels, and he's a willing runner. Isaac likes to run at the defenders. So, will they play Isaac around him? And that then has to change the formation. Like, is is like a number 10 rule or a foil for the number nine? Or will will they play him on the left? Will they play him on the right? Because a lot of videos I've seen, he was cutting in from the left, wasn't he? Isaac? Uh, or, or is it easier just to say, drop Miggy? Well, if Miggy keeps playing like that, he becomes undroppable. So, what, what happens since... Good luck to Eddie Howe for getting it right because I'm sure he will.
0: <laughs> Graham Taylor brings up the Miggy uh, question. He says at the start of the season it was talked about uh, him being first out the door. Do you think that, that he might have been? You know, he's bought himself that um, that grace of being a long-term prospect again, Mitch.
1: Well, th- this is the one thing I've said about both him and Saint Maximin on a repeated basis: we want consistency and we want end product. And when he's producing end product like yesterday, and when he's doing that on a regular basis, as Stu says, good luck Eddie Hout squeezing everybody into the team because (laughs) you've got to make a decision on who you leave out. Um, I still remain of the opinion, is a better player when Bruno's in that team. There's a a synergy there between the two of them. Um, Whether it's just that South American uh, sort of way of playing that the gel well together because of that, don't know, but I think he's head and shoulders a better player the minute Bruno's in the same side as him. And Bruno seems to be able to bring the best out of Mickey. Um, and I really wish he'd got that hat trick yesterday just to shove some more greenish tears up his own backside. Um, because you know that's the kind of um release that Miggy deserves really because we, we've never doubted his work rate we've never doubted his ethic, we've never doubted that he'd play football with a smile on his face and they're great things to have around the club but you, it was getting to the point where we needed to see some more of that uh, end product and I think you've, you've both sort of gone this way with him as well he's an instinct player he's, he's got to be allowed to just play it and not overthink it and now whether bruno's uh, presence in the team gives him the kind of balls that allow him just to play on instinct because he's far better when he does things like for example that volley for the for the goal um that was just pure instinct um if he overthinks it that's when um that's when it, it's sort of you, you overcomplicate. You you almost it's a bit like people in golf when they put too many swing thoughts up. I'm a better golfer when I just pick the club up and hit the bloody ball. If I start thinking right, I want to fear this left or right, and I want to do this, and that, so i start having all these stupid th- swing thoughts in my head. That's when something stupid happens. Uh, and I've been told that by people I play with. You know, like just hit the bloody ball. Just stop with this funny and on. And I think Miggy's a better player when he's just allowed to play. Just on his instinct, and we're seeing that now.
0: Yeah, uh, just a quick one for Urban Geordie. Yes, Stu uh, did mention this a few weeks back, but uh, he's uh, Mrs. Uh, does like Christmas and does like to celebrate early. So, the Christmas tree's been up for how long, Stu? First of September. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah, the boom, uh, yeah,
0: brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, Miguel Miram, me we spoke about him quite a, a lot. Today, Stu, but um, yeah, he's, he's forced his way back in He had a great pre-season uh, But pre-seasons are no good If you don't take it into the regular season And um, yeah, he's he's making himself You know, making himself a career again at Newcastle
2: Not just a great pre-season I thought he had a strong finish to the season as well The Last season uh, You see the goals that he scored against Palace And that, the confidence that give him the, It was when he was he is one of those players that needs an arm round him and to be told you're good and you're gonna get games, he's, he's a confidence player. Um, is he gonna be your long term right hand and right right side of forward? Probably not. But when the when anyhow comes in and he puts challenges down to people, he's picked it up and he's run with it. And now if if you talk about any team and any your squad, you're as strong as your weakest link, then he's not our weakest link, as some would have said he was this time last year. You know he's he's moved himself up the pecking order. If and when we do progress, when I'm, I'm sure we will progress, and, and they do bring people in that position. And we add players, players like Madison who we're strongly linked with, then you've got to think. Well, Joe Willick's not going to be in the team. We can't be sentimental with it. But if you've got a Mickey coming off the bench, knowing how he can <clears throat> excuse me consistently perform, or if he has an injury uh, to cover for an injury uh, player then that's that means the squad's getting better. That means we're getting better. And the same with uh, Sean Longstaff. I, I wasn't his greatest fan last season. I thought he was pedestrian. Uh, I, th- I thought he'd, he'd his confidence was shot to bits, and we all know why. But when he plays alongside Bruno, he plays better. But that's more because Bruno allows him to play better with what I was referred to earlier with the weight of pass. Uh, and the, the way he gives it in space and, and the communication between them. So Longstaff had a fantastic game yesterday and his long way will continue. But is he going to be our holding midfielder in this time next year or the year after? I think we would all have to say, no, he won't be. But if he's coming off the bench or if he's covering, if he's in the 25-man squad, that might be accepted now when I think at the start of the season, people would and uh, myself, one of them, I, I was challenging him to, to go elsewhere. Uh, by saying to him, if, if, you, if you want to play regular football, you're not going to get it in this. Now, whether it's through the Shelby injury or whatever, but to me, he's, he's proved that he's more worth a spot in the team than what Shelby is. And the something Superback referred to on Thursday show, if you recall, back, Steve, when Shelby plays for himself, Longstaff plays for the team, and he does a lot of unseen work. He does a lot of the the shitty jobs, doesn't he? And he get he gets stuck in, and he, he'll do the running back covering for players. And he, he still pops up with the old goal and the old great pass, so he is becoming a better midfielder. Uh, and that's with the, that happens with everyone. You put them in a better team, you're going to have you you, you improve your game, and that's happened with McGee and with Joe Longstaff. But the, the two and Frojo will Joe get into that. But the three of those players, there's the they're the positions that I think 90% of the fans would say we need to upgrade. But if we're upgrading those positions, and those are the three that are replaced, and then we're in a good place, and the project moves on another step. Uh, Neil Calvert will come to you for this question. He says, um, do you think when the
0: window comes around again, they'll go back in for the players who turned us down or couldn't move, i.e. Diaby? Do you think we've moved on to new targets, i.e. Mudrick? Um, lots of people asking about the South Korean link and people asking um, about ASM's injury as well. But, you know, ASM's injury will be ready when he's ready. I'm sure he'll be ready for Brentford next week. And that's, again, that's just my opinion, not anything I've heard. But, um, yeah, I, I think there will be a little bit of both here, Mitch. I think there'll be a little bit of going yeah. back in for players that we couldn't get over the line in the summer window. And I think there'll be some new targets in there as well.
1: Absolutely. I think Madison is another one we might go back and have a little little nibble at again. Um, I think in terms of links to other areas, I think the region keep keeping an eye on at the minute, South America. I think we're going to be seeing, we're making two or three uh, younger signings out of South America similar to go all the Australian lad Um, and yeah I think we'll go back and have a little nibble at Madison and and maybe's DRB but I think uh, let's just let them get on with the the process and trust the process and we'll improve as a squad going forward there's no doubt about that Um, I think uh, transfer policy now is now working on Different levels. Who can we get in to improve us now? Who can we get in to improve us in the future? And who can help give us a solid foundation? And I think that's fantastic. You know, um, I think uh, I think we will make additions in January. January's always a curious window to do business in, but it's not a normal year this year with the World Cup being placed where it is, and so. I don't expect this to be a normal January transfer window either. I think it could be quite an active one, depending on who makes a name for themselves in Qatar, for example. I think that might change you know, ideas of certain players, and certain clubs towards certain players, if somebody has a ridiculous World Cup, for example. You know, So um, it isn't a normal football year, and I don't expect January to be a normal January window.
0: Mitch has mentioned Madison. David Veg says Madison in would take us up another level. I mean, we've got greater depth with Willock, Shelby, Longstaff and Anderson. Uh, Tom, wanting to know where you think we should strengthen. Uh, Stu, transfers, you know, we've just put that to bed, but it's it's already on the horizon and people are already starting to think about it. You know what's
2: really refreshing and rewarding? And I, I believe they're going to identify two areas to strengthen the club and that'll be whoever comes in in the first team will be better than what we've got so there'll be instant players uh, to come in as, to be in the start 11. I don't think they'll buy squad players anymore. There's no need to. The squad's uh, thickening out, it's it's improving. Uh, so we don't need to add to that. We need to add to the quality at the top now. And that will slowly filter away at the bottom. The other area there, it's quite clear the target is the youth area. And um, because they want to have it right the way through the club from the first team, the reserves on the 23s, of the quarter through all the youth teams where they're all playing the same style and that is what Howe's doing, that's what Ashworth wants to do. So when people do progress through the ranks like Elliot Hansen has, they're not trying to play in a different formation, they're not They're not like fishes out of the water, they're more comfortable with it. So that's the two areas I believe we'll see it. And regarding the Madison, I think we've got more chance of getting him than we have Tulemans. I believe if we are going to say Tulemans, we would have done it in the summer. Now he's only going to be, a, well, come January, he's only a few months away from his contract expiring. And I just cannot see Newcastle United paying him what he wants on a weekly wage to rock the boat with the players that we've got already. And So I don't know how they would dress it up. they will give Leicester a nominal fee. Would they then say to him, OK, this is a huge say non fee, but your salary has to be this? Uh, even that, and then we'll, if we achieve so much, we'll give you another bonus, like an easy, achievable target, like a top-off finish. But that, again, will, will still unsettle our top earners and I think Madison's more of a, a, a fit now if, if we look at where they places that need to identify although saying that there was no um, no I, don't, I can't even think of the word I'm trying to say it now but with Bruno playing further forward instead of playing in the holding role there was no surprise I suppose that we looked more attacking the, the, the attacking potency was there so if Madison was to go in, into that will it role then that will put Bruno further back. But I believe with the addition of extra quality, we'll be doing more often what we did yesterday anyway. We'll be on the front football, we'll be playing further up the field and we wouldn't be having to defend as much. And relating to Wilson's goal scoring record for Newcastle, a lot of that was under the predecessor. If you look at his goal scoring records since Eddie Howe's come in, I think he's one and two. And that that will only improve in a way as, as the as the strength of the team improves as well. So we do have a natural-born scorer who does the the nitty-gritty. He's willing to put his body on the lane. He, he will do the, the running, et cetera. And he's not a prima donna. He's a great team player who can finish. And as long as we can keep him fit, then fantastic. But then you've got someone like Isaac who can play that role if, if Wilson's not fit. So there's a lot of questions answered there. But the two areas I see them improving would be the first team straight away, as in someone to come in to improve the what we've already got, and then the youth, and that they've they've done the squad in now.
0: Miggy's first goal was spectacular, but the passing, and the speed of movement, and the build up uh, to his second goal was Man City. Like, yeah, I did mention that as well yesterday, Chris, on on the chat. That hour has come to an end. Big thank you and welcome to our new sponsor, uh, Blowhole Brewery. The lads from uh, Spider VPN, are the lads behind this wonderful uh, uh, new product. Uh, they've got a few different beers which we'll uh, uh, be showcasing um, at the uh, the show. Uh, well, at the uh, the takeover anniversary party on Friday um, A few of the lads are going to try the beer And we're going to record it and uh, stick it out But uh, yeah, big shout out to the lads Thanks for coming on board I'm going to come back on and do a, a live Q&A Tonight, 7 o'clock So if you want to join us and have a bit crack can be about anything in open forum I do these every now and then uh, Pop on at, at 7 o'clock I've already set it up there, set a reminder uh, Don't forget as well, as a Newcastle Legends game Friday, October the 14th Peter Baisley talking, follows that Uh, And the details for that, uh, and the ticket prices are quite cheap. John uh, has set this up for the food bank um, at nufcmatters.com. But you can see there, adult admission of Fiverr, junior admission £2. And uh, it is at the Fox Hunters Pavilion in North Shields. Best of luck with that. A quick shout-out for this one as well, Peter Beardsley, 26th of October, Monday Night Training. Uh, You can find all the details for that and for the Half-Term Soccer School at school.com uh, And we made a, a remarkable £520 on the uh, Food Bank t-shirt on Friday night Thanks to the uh, immense generosity of the lads um, who, who bid for it uh, We've got the Shearer one, it's on my Twitter page At uh, Steve Rafe, pinned to the top If you want to bid for that, place a bid underneath All proceeds go into the Food Bank uh, and again, that will be signed by the big man himself. Uh, as always, it's a thanks to Mitch and Stu. Thanks to you, uh, over 200 watching uh, this early in the morning. Thank you very much for joining us. And I'll catch you again at seven o'clock. The lads will be back on Wednesday night with Jordy's here. Jordy's there. Take care, lads. Have a good day.
2: Thanks,
0: everyone. Yes, it's everyone. Big thank you to skipsandbins.com, telephone 0800 25 45 3, email enquiries at skipsandbins.com, website skipsandbins.com, easy contract, free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks to Darren Baldwin Funerals, independent funeral directors, you can find them at 304 Old Durham Road, Gateshead, telephone 0191 478 2730, email Darren at uk or go to the website, darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk. Thanks to Garden of Healing Dispensary, CBD hemp, and Cannabinoid Specialists. You can find them at the gohd.com. And thanks to Three Property, who specialise in sourcing investment properties for their clients, who are looking to invest in the Northeast. They offer a full in-house service from sourcing the deals to managing the properties for you. They've done over 100 plus deals in the past 12 months for clients all over the UK. Give the guys a follow on Instagram, matty.patter underscore northeast property and phil.reed underscore northeast property or email phil at 3property.co.uk if you're interested in getting a good property deal. Thanks also to Mr Vicky's Sources. They are handmade in Cumbria. You can find them at mrvickys.co.uk or give them a call on 01768 Thanks to MediaOps for all the help with the video technology side of things, and thanks to QTechShop.co.uk for makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Wallsend, and Newcastle, and the guys who run our website, nufcmatters.com. If you want to subscribe to the channel, hit the NUFC Matters logo in the bottom right-hand corner, and you can subscribe for free. Hit the thumb up underneath the video and to like it. it, does us a big favour, and click share to share to your social media, such as Facebook and Twitter. Maybe he's added to a Newcastle United group. Uh, You can also make a donation. Just hit the thanks button underneath if you're enjoying the content and you want to share something with me or the people on the channel. And you can also click join, which means that you uh, commit to maybe a monthly membership, or you can become a cult member. How do you do that? Well, you go to the website nufcmatters.com and you search for membership What do you get for your £25 one-off payment? You get a cup, a pen, a membership card and a scarf and entry into the monthly draw. We also have a smart code. There you go, the QR code there. If you put your smartphone over it, it'll take you straight to the website and you can get involved in a cult membership pack today. We also give you something for nothing. If you subscribe to the show, then email john at nufcmatters.com and get your free car window sticker. Now we also support the food bank on here. NUFc fans foodbank.co.uk is the match day bucket website. You just need to go there and you can make a virtual donation. Don't forget during the season on match days, we're at the Dog and Parrot with Superman pre-match and post-match, and we're at Pumphrey's, John Anderson and John Gibson pre-match only. Also got the takeover anniversary party coming up at the Irish Centre. Tickets are £2 on the door, and uh, you can get your tickets for that from nufcmatters.com. And Supermac will be at the Terrace Club in Seaton Delaval Friday the 11th of November. Tickets are a tenner, table of £6.50, and you can get those tickets from 0191-237-0133.